Our text for today is Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Paul writes, Therefore, my brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Iodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, sisters and brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things which you have learned and received and heard and noticed in me, do them. And the God of peace will be with you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This text is so lovely. Almost too lovely. Can veer into Hallmark territory. I think the only thing that helps it for me is knowing that Paul was writing this from prison. So he wasn't writing this from some place of ease and light and everything being hunky-dory. He was writing this from a place of struggle and probably fear and maybe despair and loneliness. These are words not just for when everything's great, but for when things are hard times of uncertainty and restlessness and conflict. These are times, words for times of ill health and poverty and fear and injustice. It's in times like those that Paul writes, stand firm, stand firm in this way. And he gives them three basic practices for standing firm. Rejoice, be gentle, and don't worry. We're going to focus on the not worrying, because that's what I need the most help with, and maybe you need some help with it too. But I want to say a word about the rejoicing and the being gentle. A theologian I love named Wendy Farley says that joy is the most subversive value of the kingdom. The most subversive value of the kingdom. 
in the face of all the meanness and ugliness and hatred and sheer banality of the world, the people who insist on joy, which is deeper than happiness, testify to a life that is not defined by all of that, that is something else altogether. And so Paul writes from a jail cell, rejoice as often as you can manage it. Rejoice. Rejoice and let your gentleness show in the treatment of all people. I do not think of jail as a gentle place. And I don't think of Paul as a gentle person. And yet he suggests gentleness. Maybe that's what he was working on. Gentleness seems like not nearly enough in the face of everything the world can dole out. And yet gentleness is, if nothing else, humane. It is human. And that's what the gospel calls us into, being truly human, the way God created us. So be gentle, Paul says, with each other, maybe with yourself, with the world. And don't worry. Is there anything less useful to say to a worried person? then don't worry. Paul says, don't worry. Like the angels say, do not be afraid. But they do not say there's nothing to be afraid of. And Paul doesn't say there's nothing to worry about. There is plenty that we could be worried about. The general state of the world at any given moment our health, or the health of someone we love, relationships that aren't working out, our parents, or our children, or our siblings, or our friends, money. If all else fails, we can always worry about money in the middle of the night. Paul doesn't say there's nothing to be worried about says in the face of that, don't. We're beginning stewardship season this week, which means it's a chance to reflect on what this church does, what our ministry is like, what we are grateful for, and how we support it. It's an opportunity to think about the role that money plays here, what money can do, and also the role it plays in our lives. And it doesn't really seem to me to matter how much we have. All socioeconomic brackets worry, at least sometimes, about money. And church budgeting isn't immune to that worry at all. This is a profoundly generous 
congregation. That is something I give thanks for. You are generous to the ministry of this church in time and talent and money. And then in turn, the ministries of this church are generous with those resources. The resources we give together go and nurture the artistic lives of children in the Philippines. Can you believe? And go and nurture theological education in Guatemala. And right here at home provide wood and electricity and clothes and water and toys and food for people in our town, in our county. We do that through our generosity. And every year we sit down and figure out how much we have, how much we can spend. And that is a spiritual exercise. And it can have some worry attached to it. Will we have enough this year? And yet every year I have been part of church budgeting. Prayer has been part of it. And that has taught me something. Paul says, do not worry, but in everything, lift it up in prayer and supplication. And I like that because this is not one of the passages where Paul says prayer will magically fix it. He just says, lift it up. And as I've thought about this, I've realized there are some things I pray about and some things I don't. I'm very quick to pray for wisdom or strength in a situation or a sense of peace. But things like a bill that might bounce. I act sometimes like that's not in God's domain. I'm hesitant to pray that specifically. But if the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, is there any worry? We can't take. I haven't gotten to the point of praying for parking spots yet. But I do know a family whose entire life was changed because of a prayer about a pro football game. Really? Don't worry, Paul writes. And I wonder how he could say that from that jail cell. Bring it all to God in prayer. If there is one thing prayer does, it is an act of surrender, an act of admitting that we do not have control, that the control is an illusion that will always shatter at some point. Prayer helps with worry because it puts things in perspective. It doesn't fix what's wrong, not necessarily. But it shifts us in our understanding or our relationship to what's going on. It's a way of admitting, I am powerless over this. And even if you have trouble believing in a God who swoops in and fixes things, to lift something up in prayer is an act of surrender. Saying, I'm not in control. 
And that act of surrender is powerful. It opens up space in our hearts, in our worry, in our grasping, our holding. Because what isn't encompassed in that love that gives us birth and accompanies us to death and beyond? Prayer acknowledges that that love is there. It rests in that love. And so Paul can say, stand firm in this way. Rejoice. Be gentle. Don't worry. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, bring your requests to God along with giving thanks. With those four little words, Paul turns us a bit. And this is often what happens when we honestly name our needs. We end up being grateful. It happens in the Psalms time and time again. We name what we need, and we end up, by some strange alchemy, with gratitude. There is so much power in the practice of gratitude. I am not a person who has ever kept a gratitude journal for more than three days. Maybe you have a better track record than I do. But I can't count how many spiritual mentors have turned me toward the practice of gratitude over the years. As an antidote to worry and isolation and despair and anxiety. But to have it not be shallow, it has to begin with prayer about our worry, our need, our fear, and our desire. And again, I come back to that image of Paul. Cold, maybe. Alone. Not knowing what horror the next morning might bring. thinking that if he and his anxiety can counsel us towards these practice of gratitude, then maybe it's something I can lean into as well. So stand firm in this way, beloved. Rejoice. Be gentle with others and yourself. Don't worry. Rather, bring up all your requests to God along with giving thanks. And then the peace of God that exceeds all our understanding will keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus. Amen.